all, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I'm going to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. In this worth repeating episode, I'm sharing a portion of a conversation I had with Kirk Martin back in March of 2015. It was the first time I had him on the show, the first of many, and he is fantastic. Kirk is the founder of Celebrate Calm. He speaks and trains parents on tips and truths on how to manage ourselves when it comes to interacting with our kids. You are going to love what he has to share if you have not heard him before. And if you need to hear more, go search Kirk Martin over at don'tmomalone.com. All right, let's get right to it. Here we go. Hey, Kirk, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Heather, it's great to be here. Could you just let us know, how did you even come to the point where you have a site and you speak around the country on this topic? So I had a very, very, very strong-willed son, the kind of kid that kind of comes out of the womb with boxing gloves on, right? He just (laughs) wants to argue about everything and anything. And I spent the first nine years of his life telling my wife, if your son would just do what I said, when I said, and how I said it, no, I would be a great father. Mm -hmm. No, And I, I kept thinking, It was all him. It's all him. It's all him. And I started hearing this kind of still small voice in my head saying, you know, what if your son is made like that on purpose? Mm. And what if by trying to change him, you're actually frustrating my purposes for your son? And then the killer question I heard was, well, what if instead of changing your son's behavior, you need to change? Mm. And I'm a guy. I don't like to change. You know, it's my way or the highway. Yeah. And, and slowly I began to realize the quickest way to change my child's behavior was to first control my own because mm-hmm. I would escalate just about every situation. And so as I began to change myself and focus on myself, I noticed relationships with my kids, with my wife, with everybody changed. And then the other, I guess, linchpin to this was we worked with very, very challenging kids, the really strong-willed, intense ones, whether they had a diagnosis or not. And we decided to do something a little different, that instead of bringing them into a therapeutic office, we actually opened up our home. Mm. So over the course of a decade, we had about 1,500 kids come through our home wow. because we wanted to teach kids in everyday situations, okay, what do you do when your brother looks at you or a friend knocks over your beloved Lego project, or you're disappointed and things don't go your way. How do you handle that frustration? Mm. And so that, so I didn't really choose this. I think it chose me and I blame it on my son. He changed my life. (laughs) So when you say you took them in instead of, what is your profession by trade? What are you, are you licensed? Um, I, I have two backgrounds. Okay. I have one background is in behavior therapy. Okay. I no longer, I don't practice because I now I speak full time, but also I was in business for a while too. So I'm a multitasking kind of guy. So these 1500 kids have come through your home. How long would they stay? I'm just curious. Like It just depended. We'd like, have some kids for a week, some kids a couple weeks, but here's wow. what changed. I was really good with the kids. I could calm them down and do all these things. But then I realized <laughs> they, when they went home, yeah. they were right back in. So we started to do more parent training. Yeah. And so eventually I didn't work with the kids anymore. We just work with the parents because just as a parent, you have 
so much control over situations and it's, it doesn't have anything to do with a child. I'll give you just one quick example. And yeah. everybody listening can do this one tonight. Just sit. Like next time some, the situation begins to escalate, sit in a chair, sit on the floor, cross your legs. It changes the dynamic because now you are not standing over the child with your tight jaw and your tone of voice like this. Mm. And you're sitting and it sends a message of, I'm in complete control of myself. Mm. I'm not going to escalate. And it actually makes a more intense emotional child feel very safe because he knows, oh, the 29-year-old mother, the 40-year-old dad is not going to freak out now. Mm. I'm freaking out, but they're not freaking out. I think everything's going to be okay. And that one simple act of sitting down is really effective. If you want a fun one, if you've got teenagers, next time they start to argue with you, just seriously lay down in the middle of the living room floor (laughs) because you will freak them out and they will either walk away from you, which is good because now you can just take a nap in the middle of the floor. (laughs) Or if they lay down with you, if you can picture this, two people laying down on a living room floor are going to have a much better conversation Mm. than two people facing off with their hands on their hips, Mm. each with a negative tone of voice. Like the fight or flight goes away when you're not The fight or flight goes away because you have just de-escalated it solely by your body posture. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. huge. I'm imagining myself, like how often do I even sit down in my day? (laughs) I'm picturing. Um, Don't. They don't. I need to. I need to just sit down on the kitchen floor when things start going crazy. That's really good. The younger your kids are, the lower to the floor you get. Because if, you know, you can try this in church or at a mall sometime. If an adult is sitting down, kids are drawn to that adult because Mm. the adult is communicating, I'm in complete control of myself. My yes is my yes. My no is my no. Mm. I'm not going to beg you with the sweetie, baby, it would really help mommy. Because that never works with a strong <laughs> child. But it's also not the threatening. If you do not pick your toys, because as soon as you get in that tone of voice, your child instinctively knows, uh-oh, mom's about to blow. Yeah, She's going to be bringing out all the resentments from her marriage from, <laughs> right, from the last 12 years with me on earth. So yeah. it's That's- a cool, it's very cool. I I, I don't know if you guys are already picking up on why I really like <laughs> what Kirk teaches about, but the gals who listen to the show know I have issues with my own anger and my own pride and my own control issues. Like I want everything in my environment calm and four boys does not offer that. And four boys with leadership skills and big personalities and sensory issues, my anxiety level can go over the top crazy. I can just feel it. And I just want everyone to stop moving and everyone to stop jumping and stop fighting. And so I'll just go crazy. That tip of just sitting down is a huge, practical, great tip for me. And I'm picturing in my head the Bible story where Jesus says, let the children come and he's just sitting and they crawl in his lap and the calmness and the disciples are the ones freaking out. They're like, no, 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 (laughs) get rid of them. You know, and he's just calm and controlled. Another good one, Heather, is the woman caught in adultery when he Mm, stoops. He basically kneels on the ground. And here's the really cool thing from a Christian perspective is 
it's a very humbling thing because mm-hmm. Jesus in that could have stood over her. But see, he was also surrounded by all these guys holding stones ready to stone her. And here he is kneeling on the ground, taking the humble position, mm-hmm. which creates an entirely different dynamic. So you know, I'll give you a, a, a quick one. Child yeah. starts to melt down. Yeah. You know, you've got a couple options. One is to say, young lady, young man, I do not have time for this. Get up off the floor right now. Yeah. It, it makes them more upset because you're getting upset. A quick little process to go through. One is just to always realize I can only control one person in life, and that's me. Mm-hmm. And so my first thought in any situation is I can't control this other person. I can control myself. That's when I may sit down. So physically, I sit down. In my tone of voice, I go to a very even, matter-of-fact tone. And I know that's hard because in the moment, you're just like, would you please just... Mm -hmm. But in the moment, I go to... And here's something that moms will recognize and really is the power of acknowledgement, acknowledging what's going on. Hey, Trevor, I can tell you're really frustrated right now because I guarantee all the moms listening, that's all you want from your husband once in a while to say... Yeah. I totally get why you're frustrated. And that's all you want. Yeah. You don't need them to fix it or offer suggestions. You just want to acknowledge, Trevor, totally get it. You're frustrated mm-hmm. because that's calming right there to him. And as you begin to speak in this voice, it will actually calm you down because you're not ignoring it and you're not running from it but you're addressing it and you're doing it more leadership tone of like, Hey, totally get what's going on. You're frustrated right now. And then I may lead the child to a different action because just saying, Hey, you need to calm down right now. Mm -hmm. He's going to look at you like mom, (laughs) apparently you don't know how to calm down either. So we're in trouble. I'm not a huge fan of putting really intense kids in timeout to think about their actions because they can't think when they're upset and it mm. will tend to make them more upset. And a lot of these kids, to be honest, the more challenging kids have a lot of shame inside mm. because they're always in trouble. Mm. And so that was a beautiful part about the woman caught in adultery is Jesus addressed the shame because he didn't look at her and he stooped. And so the God of the universe is right there with a naked woman and he stoops and averts his eyes because he knew she already knew what she did was wrong. Right. Right. Your kids already know what they do is wrong. Right. That's why they lie. Mm -hmm. Right. So lying doesn't throw me off. The lying is a recognition of, uh uh-oh, I shouldn't have done that. And there's sometimes avoiding your anger, right? The lying. And sometimes avoiding the anger. Absolutely. And so, see, I always wanted my son to come to me very boldly and say, hey, dad, I just really messed up. I just stole something. Mm-hmm. Because now I can deal with it and there's no darkness and no deceit. I can deal with that and say, okay, what was going on? Why'd you do that? And we can do uh, restoration and reparations, whatever we want. But in this situation, the calming tool, and, and this is a good one for moms to remember, is motion changes emotion. Okay. So motion or movement. When kids get upset, I like to get them moving somehow because you can't think your way out of being really upset when you're a little kid. And so for little kids, I'll give you a couple examples. I may say, hey, Trevor, tell you're really frustrated. Hey, do me a favor. Dump your Legos out on the floor. In 22 seconds, I'll come in and I'll build a spaceship with you. Mm. Because 
he's upset and frustrated about something. Well, I don't know how to deal with that frustration, but I can build with my Legos and it's very tactile and tactile things. You mentioned one of your boys with the sensory issues. Playing with tactile things in the hands is very calming. Hmm. I may, with a little kid, I may lead the child to calm. So picture three-year-old, six-year-old, 13-year-old girl, doesn't matter, rolling around on the floor upset. Rather than address her behavior first, I address my own and I sit down or stand and just start coloring or drawing because it's very therapeutic for me to color and I'll hold up a crayon and see now if you can picture this in your kitchen or wherever, I'm drawing and leading the child to my calm place. So I'm holding up the crayon and as they come and disrespectfully grab the crayon, because that's what they're going to do in the moment. But as they start to color, now I have an adult and a child together, not one cent away, right? Because we usually say, go to your room, Mm -hmm. which which is fine. But in the long run, I actually want to draw. See, I want to draw kids to me when they're upset, Mm -hmm. because I believe that's what God does for us. He doesn't say, Hey, go work out your issues and then come talk to me. Mm. He says, I can tell you're really frustrated because you've got wrong perspective. Mm. And if you come talk to me right now, I'll help get you better perspective and I'll help you. So when I'm coloring, building with Legos, eating um, some popcorn with the child, I may do push-ups. This is a good one for your husbands because many of you have husbands who are a, a little bit more intense, volatile and get upset. But I guarantee, picture this, in your living room or aisle three in Target. Child <laughs> is getting, because it's going to happen in yeah. public. Oh, of they, course. That's when they, yeah, that's the time. Which, by the way, Heather, which I know you'll like this, that's your own issue because that's your own embarrassment. It's the public humiliation. Yeah. it's And it's, that's your own embarrassment. It's totally but that's our, the pride. Totally. It's the it's, humiliation, it, yes. the humbling in a public place. And what do people think? They're thinking I'm a terrible mom, which is not true. Yes. They're thinking, wow, that child's acting like a child. Yes, the hard part is when the parent begins acting like a exactly. child. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Your husband, aisle three at Target, living room, child's freaking out, and husband doesn't say a word, but he gets down on the floor and just starts doing push-ups. <laughs> and I guarantee that kid's going to look over like, "What's my dad doing push-ups for?" Yeah. In the middle of aisle three, but the but now the father will have led his child into his calm place rather than tried to change the child's behavior first. Right. So I, hopefully that makes sense. But it's a really cool process. No, I think that's really really good. And I'm what I'm thinking. Okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate. I have four young children, and where I have a hard time is when one freaks out, and then the other one's asking me to help with his homework, and then dinner's on the stove. And then the other two are fighting. So right. all that's happening at the same time. Okay. So me remaining in a calm place and addressing the one who has the behavior and needs me to be calm and build Legos with them. But I can't be calm and build Legos with them because the dinner will burn. And the other one needs to finish his math because we're going to have dinner soon. So you do see the tension and then the siblings fighting. So... Yeah, what does that, is that, that mom never, do? But that never happens to anyone else but you. <laughs> so, no. So here. this is a one-off total. Uh, it's only in a movie. So. No, it yeah, happens all the time. Every so, night, 5 o'clock. So, so let's step back and do this because some of it is going to be being proactive, right, about okay. knowing 
proper expectations. Okay. If you have four young boys, your home is going to be chaotic and messy and ugly. And it's going to be nasty a fair amount of the time. It just, you know what I mean? It just, it is. If you, because Christian parents especially have this, this idealized view of, well, if I just do the right things and if I'm firm and I'm consistent and all those things are very good and important and necessary, but if I just do it the right way, well, then my kids will behave the right way. It'll be perfect. It'll be perfect. But if you look at the first family, Adam and Eve have two kids, Cain and Abel. One of the first two kids was a murderer. So Mm -hmm. we always tell people, if you're doing better than a 50% murder rate among your children, (laughs) historically, you're doing okay. Yeah, yeah. And, And so part of it is just your expectation. Like I always tell moms, plan for the imperfection. Build time in for that, knowing if you've got one child or four kids or six kids, it's just going to be ugly. And so simplify as much as possible. Self-care, and this is a a big one I know you deal with, but I'm a big fan, especially of moms taking care of themselves. And we have a phrase, it's harsh, but I think it's true. Moms, if you don't care enough about yourself Mm. to take care of yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually, why would anybody else care? Because you're never going to have enough time. Your kids are never going to wake up and say, Mom, listen, talk to my brothers this morning. We've determined you do way too much for us. (laughs) But it's never going to happen until you demonstrate self respect enough to say, I'm not doing everything. And so part of it is an expectations thing. But even the tone of voice, try that tonight because it's going to happen tonight. Oh, yeah. Uh, two of them beating on each other and the other one's upset and the other one has homework. Yeah. Begin practicing with even the tone of being able to say, because you can't build with Legos right there, but you could say, hey, I don't know, you, I don't want to know your kids' names, but <laughs> hey, Trevor, hey, tell your frustrated, listen, I could really use your help right now because kids love feeling helpful. Not doing chores, but they no. love feeling helpful in the moment. I really use your help. Because I need someone that's really strong. Could you come over here? Could you get the um, top off of this bottle? Because I'm having trouble with it. And see, I'm giving him a job to do. I'm using something physical. I'm using some motion just to getting him moving out of that spot. Mm. The sibling issues, some of it's it can be boredom. It can just be that's what two boys in a room are going to do. And some of that even can be in in an even matter of fact of, hey, Jordan, Billy, listen, Totally fine with you guys doing your sibling fights. Totally fine with it. <laughs> but here's what, here are my parameters though. You're not going to do it in my kitchen while I'm cooking anywhere I can hear. So you want to go to the basement and do it, go to your room and do it. Fine. If you want to go down to the Henderson's house down the street, they love irritating children. You can go there, <laughs> but, but watching, and I know it, it's not going to be that simple. Like they're not going to look at you and say, okay, mother, we'll go to the basement. I wish but we had oh, a basement. Texas, no basements. Oh, you're in Texas. Yeah, you don't have basements. But you can go outside yeah. anytime. Oh, I love outside. Yes. Yes. Go, go outside. Out. Yes. Go outside and fight. But you know what part of it is, Heather, which I think you find over time is sometimes parents want good behavior so badly that they get too invested in it, right? Yes. And oh, when yes, totally. And when your kids hear that, Trevor, do you? why do you have to always... Yes. When we start to whine, we're so invested in it. They know it's irritating you. Mm. And so part of the reason they keep doing it is it gives them some control. And Mm. quite honestly, it's fun 
to mm. irritate a grown-up and know that I'm seven and I'm now in control of both adults in the home because your kids will get you and your husband fighting very quickly. Yeah. Because hubby thinks you just need to be tougher on them and mom tries to be understanding. And then, so when I'm not, the way I look at kids' behavior, a couple ways, I'm an impartial giver of wisdom. My job is to say, hey, guys, here's some wisdom for you. If you continue to make this choice, I promise you this will be the consequence. However, if you make this choice, which I know you're capable of, here will be the consequences. I'm okay with either choice as long as you clearly understand the parameters. There's something about that tone and putting it in their court and not owning it that lets them own it versus me threatening and being on them all the time, which is in effect, I'm owning it, if that totally. makes sense. Totally. No, that is me. That is totally me. Because you have I am like so invested. Issues, right? Oh, totally. I am so invested. They have to be good. You have to be good. And they can sense it totally, like exactly what you said. When I give them choices, they want to go against the choice they know I want so badly, right? They can, just to be, you talk about the strong-willed child, just to be antagonistic, to go against right. what I want. That is such good advice to pull away and it helps them do level two thinking. Right. Not just doing everything I'm saying when I say it, but to take a broader look and make wise decisions. I see it with kids. I see it with my kids. If mom's looking, I'll make the right choice, but I don't have enough inner control to make the right choice when an adult is not looking. That's really good. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And they can sense that. Here's the other thing too, which is one thing I love about you and and reading through your website is your transparency and honesty. Cause that's right about, I have control issues. I need everything to be just so. And when things aren't just so it totally messes with me. So here's a good practical thing is I would, for the moms listening, write down your triggers. What are your triggers? Is it the kids being late? Is it for some of you, it's just the neatness thing, right? Of like, just, they, just, they just leave stuff all. Yeah. Or injustice. But, I don't like when one brother mistreats the other. Honor. I want them to honor one another. I want them to treat each other special. And when they don't, it just makes me crazy. Right. And the more you lecture about that, yeah. the worse it will get because they're not owning it. Mm-hmm. And you want it too much. And to relieve the pressure on the moms too is to know, so much of it is just what you model, right? Yeah. If when you're out in public, you're giving and gracious to people, your kids see it and they'll become like that. They're just not going to do it at nine, right? right? But, you're, but I would write down your triggers and do this. Here's a really good practical way to look at it. So write down your triggers. My trigger is when the kids do X. Mm-hmm. So I begin to do the opposite of what I normally do. And so that's why instead of starting to lecture and yell, I began to sit. I began to ask questions instead of lecturing mm. because lecturing gets you tuned out. Yeah. Asking questions gets level two and the kids begin to process and make the choices better that way. Well, thank you so much for taking time today. I really, really appreciate it, Kirk. Thanks, Heather. All right. Enjoy Adios. your boys. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Good luck at dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Five o'clock. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks, bye. Thanks, y'all, for joining me in that Worth Repeating episode. Meet me back here January 4th. We're going to have a brand new episode starting off 2021 with Dr. Kurt Thompson on shame. It is so fantastic. I can't wait to share with y'all 
Also, another invitation to join us over on Patreon as a Don't Mom Alone insider, because as an insider, Bruce and I are going to lead you through a Strength Finders series at the beginning of 2021. We're going to give you the 101 of Strength Finders, what it is, help you figure out your strengths, and how knowing that information impacts your marriage, your parenting, your career, and helping you maximize the gifts that God's given you instead of trying to be something that you're not. If you are not interested in being a Don't Mom Alone Insider, we have another option. We have a cheerleader option. If you want to be a part of just helping keep the show going, we love our Don't Mom Alone cheerleaders. Just go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Don't Mom Alone. You're going to find more info there. And I hope I get to connect with you. Have a fantastic Christmas break and a wonderful new year. God bless. Adios.